Welcome to the Axiom Church Podcast. These are talks and conversations about the centrality of Jesus and his kingdom from our community. Enjoy. May the peace of Christ be with you. Thank you. All right. What a gift and a privilege it is to be able to be together, to take time out of our week to come into one space, to to meet up with the neighborhood, to meet up with the family. Um, It's a unique expression. Sometimes we leave our house to go to work, but that's just about it these days. You can get your groceries brought to you and everything else brought to you. I guess you could even kind of get church brought to you online, and that's okay if that's your speed. Uh, but there's nothing replaces the tangible. Um, yeah, nothing replaces the tangible. I'll just leave it at that. So we're in this discussion on where your treasure is. That's the title of this series. These are the, not my words. These are the words of Jesus. And so I feel pretty good about that title. Um, Something that I want to address right off the top here is kind of the elephant in the room when it comes to talking about money. You know, everybody gets a little squirmy, a little uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to talk about money. Anybody here just like, I can't wait to go to church today and talk about money. Uh, thank you. One of you was just real excited for that. I don't believe you, but, but that's, it, and, and here's the thing. It always happens this way. I'm not sure it's actually true, but like maybe it's your first time. And you're like, of course, they're talking about money because I showed up today, you know, or something like that. I've been there. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Here for you. And same next week and the week after. I've been there too. You know, maybe it's, the first time or the thousandth time, but we always associate this dialogue of money in the church. There's this sort of whisper over here that says that there's a problem here. That there's there's this issue when you bring money in the church together of like greed. Like, Like the church is just after my stuff. Or the church is just cares about butts and budgets right? Getting people in the seats and, and making that money. I've heard it, guys. I, I think that's sometimes appropriate so, appropriately so about the church. And, 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 and we're quick to kind of take a jab or quick to reinforce that narrative because it's been built on some form of experience or maybe we've seen it on TV late night, you know? You're laying there falling asleep and you think the Lord's telling you something, and you realize it's just the TV. <laughs> At the end of the day, though, money just makes people uncomfortable. And and I want to pick up on that because here's my question: what else makes you uncomfortable? What else would I come up and talk about that would also make you uncomfortable? Somebody just said it's sex like so fast. <laughs> We know what's on your mind. (laughs) That would make, we're laughing because it's uncomfortable. Yeah, sexuality, politics, if I told you how to, you know, vote, that might make you uncomfortable. 
There's all these things that enter into the category of, of uncomfortable. And has it occurred to us that perhaps the reason these things make us uncomfortable is because they're tied to our heart? And so perhaps that discomfort is the very reason why Jesus brings it up. Because he knows what's tied to your heart. He knows the things that like, you're holding on to and I'm holding on to. He knows. And so he does bring it up and he brings it up a lot. And that gives us permission to talk about it. But guys, I want to talk about it without you feeling guilty. That's not, that's not the goal. And I don't think that was Jesus's either. If you really think about that narrative that's all about the money for a second, if that's true, Jesus was terrible at that. Like really unsuccessful at raising money. And yet he talked about it often. And I have to repent because I don't talk about it often. I was telling you guys the other week, I was like, I think this is the first time we've done a series about this. We've talked about it in kind of one-offs. But this is the first time we've done a series where we get into it at any length or degree. But hear this. It's uncomfortable because it's tied to something deep in us. And Jesus gets that. In Matthew chapter 6, if you want to turn there, uh, we read about this. Jesus teaches us about this. And his words, I just, again, it doesn't get any better. This is exactly where we took the title from. This is what it says. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth. Now, I just got to pause there. How many of you have a room dedicated to, like, stuff? Or a corner in your closet, or closet, your garage with stuff? Or maybe a backyard full of stuff? Or maybe your own shed? This is just mine. Sorry, I'm speaking to myself now, I think. <laughs> I, I, like, I'm a little bit of a hoarder, Honestly. And that's kind of actually probably the best analogy, I think, for this text that there is. So hold that as we look at this again. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy. I, who says vermin anymore? <laughs> and where thieves break in and steal. Now, this destruction and this stealing is really a sharp warning that there's bite on this when Jesus says it. He wants you to think for a moment about that thing that you've been treasuring, that you've been storing up. And he says, listen, you can store that here all you want, but it is no safer in your garage than it is anywhere else because it's misappropriately placed. It's still in the land of destruction. It's still in the land of vermin and moths. Verse 20, but store it up for yourself, for yourselves treasures, excuse me, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Now, I want you to just take a moment to meditate and go, what are my treasures in heaven that I've been storing up? Think about it as quickly as you can think about your earthly treasures. Can you even access it? Do you know what it is? Do you have it right there ready to go? And I ask that because I want you to see in yourself, like, okay, do I ha are there treasures that I have 
that I am storing up for myself in heaven? Are there things of value for me that exist there? Because I know almost instantly what my other treasures are. Think about it. Jesus brings this up, this comparison between our earthly treasures and our heavenly treasures, because you were created not exclusively for the temporal, but for heaven itself. And, and everything within your little kingdom is an extension of who you are. You might not think of it that way, by the way. But your treasures on earth, the ones that are susceptible, are part of what makes you you. That's why you grab onto them. You've placed an association with them that gives you meaning, value, security, sense of safety, and Jesus knows that. That's why when he starts poking at it, you get uncomfortable, by the way. Because he's messing with you. Not just your stuff. But what that stuff represents about the desires of your heart. The, the longing for security. The thing behind the thing. That's what he's messing with. And he's inviting us to... Think about our treasures in heaven. And then verse 21, he says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now, if I could just say this kind of from the get-go, Jesus' desire here and the reason why he's talking to us about this topic of our money and generosity and what we do with our stuff is because his, his desire is that he wants full access to you. And he recognizes that between him and you is your things. And the mentality behind your things, which are between you and him, is whose is it, number one. Is it his or yours? And number two, I think, what's behind it is it's the purpose it serves. The reason you have it. The motive behind it but for Jesus he doesn't want you to have anything that would keep you from having what he's offering you so you can have what you want or you can have what he wants to give to you and the only way to get the things that you want into the category of the things that he wants to give you is to first surrender it to him. And that's where that, this generosity thing starts to kick in. This living in a posture of surrender. That as disciples of Jesus, we live free from attachment to our things. Seriously. You can share liberally all that you have in the kingdom of God. You can. Because it has no power over your life. Now, it might. It might in actuality have power over your life, but it only has power that you've given it. 
And the longer it sits on the shelf and the more you stare at it, loving it, the more power it'll have. And you see how dangerous these things can become, whatever they are. The, the sad thing is most of these things represent some other thing that we've always wanted but we never touch. I've got an Oldsmobile I haven't touched in a while. 1978. <laughs> Delta Royale. First ever American diesel car. Thank you. <laughs> and there it sits. I ain't giving it up either. <laughs> Generosity is about learning how to bring our real self to experience a meaningful relationship with God. But for that to happen, that is a meaningful relationship with God, our heart will have to be there. And Jesus knows that our heart is where our treasure is. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And, and Jesus gets at this just a few verses prior when he alludes to going into the inner room. And that inner room is metaphor for the heart. He says, don't go out and do, do your prayer out here. Go into the inner place where God is in secret. And he's talking about building your treasure. He's talking about your real reward. He's using that language over and over again in Matthew 5 and 6. Actually, Matthew 4, 5, and 6, if you look back further. Because even in the desert, wandering, he's offered all the treasures of the kingdoms. And he knows, mm -mm, I'm not having that. I'm not putting that in my possession. Because his heart belongs to something. God wants access to the heart. As we strip away, that is, acts of generosity, that's what that is. The, the, as we strip away the distractions, as we give it up, as we surrender it, freedom and healing begins to take place as our life with God begins to be established. That's the process that Jesus is inviting us to enter into. It's not that generosity gets you a relationship with God, it's that generosity makes room for you to have a relationship with God. It, generosity helps you detach from the things that have power over you. That's why we have to have a weekly rhythm of it. Not because we just want all your money, but because Jesus wants all of you. So why do we hoard up for ourselves treasures on earth? Why do we invest in what does not last? And again, I think Jesus is so clear that this hoarding issue, and by the way, generosity is the opposite of hoarding, right? Is how we attempt, hoarding is how we attempt to find worth and security. We place our hearts in our temporal treasures so that we're not uncomfortable so that we feel good. And we don't have to look too far to recognize how true that is. When I'm having a hard time, I just go sit in my Oldsmobile for a minute. I, I, I know it's weird, but I do. 
there's an attachment there that's unhealthy. But it's not just Oldsmobiles. Some of you hoard all sorts of things. Some of you got education so you could hoard in your mind libraries because it makes you feel secure and valuable. And you are secure and valuable, by the way, as a child of God already. We all hoard various things. Just a few verses prior in Matthew 6, verse 1 through 4, we read this. And I think this helps give some helpful insight. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have, there it is, no reward from your Father in heaven. So that's the treasure again. So when you give to the needy, here's the giving, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. It's another indicator of the heart. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Okay? So, so follow me. Here's the reward or treasure. It's in this situation, Jesus is saying, the reward or treasure is to be seen by others. It's for others to give you, like, you are giving because you want, you find value in other people seeing how generous you are. That's a reward. That's your treasure. And what's interesting about that in all other earthly treasures is that they're really an entertaining of a pretend, of a falsity, of something that's not actually true about us. It's something we want to be true about us, but it's not something that's actually true about us. I have an Oldsmobile because there's some nostalgic Marlboro Man thing I got for it, and it's not really me. It's just an image of me that I find comfort in, in that. Sorry for the weird analogies today. <laughs> Our treasures speak to who we think we are, but it's pretend. And Jesus is pointing that out. He's saying, this, this, this generosity is, is for you. It's, it's fake. It's pretend. So you, you've got it. And here's the thing. Pretend is who we become when we're afraid and insecurity. It's what we participate when we don't know who we are. Some of us are living in a pretend world all the time. And guys, it's destructive. It's where moths and thieves get in. You, you get, your heart gets stolen in that process. There's no pretending in the kingdom of God. Can you imagine getting to heaven and, and pretending? So why pretend now? Exhausting. Guys, I say it might... My own physical, I have illnesses I carry with me today because I pretended for too long. That's the devastation. That's the grossness of living in the pretend land. Desperately trying. You see, we hoard the things we think will sustain us, but they just kill us. 
More specifically, though, if we really examine it, I think we hoard things that will keep others from seeing the real fragile us. It's the same reason why I think we're, we have a resistance with God. We default to, man, I've tried. Again, we're all storing up different things. It's not just the education or the stuff, or maybe it's gossip. Maybe that's where you found value. I don't know. Um, physical possession. I don't know. Whatever it is, though, it's pacifying our discomforts. And that's why when it comes up, we don't want to talk about it, which is exactly why Jesus does. And he's speaking from experience, okay? He knows. That's, again, why he said no to the devil in the wilderness. That's why he says in Matthew 5, 8, he says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And, and there's a connection here. Because, again, where your treasure is, there your heart is. And, the, and God, the treasure God longs for you to have is a deep, unadulterated relationship with him. A pure intimate relationship with him that is not in a mixed bag of things the pure in heart the free will see god and guys imagine what your heart in purity looks like and i'm not just talking about free from lust although lust is a good word if you're using it in the old language sense because it's referring to the perversion of everything, not just the body. Imagine your heart free from anything but union with God. Man, it, that, like if that was so for you, like none of the stuff would matter. Bad news wouldn't matter. It would matter. But it wouldn't affect you in the way that it does when bad news disrupts our things. Whether that's your thing called health or your thing called stuff. Blessed treasure is the pure in heart, for they will see God. So, we practice hoarding to hide our hearts from God. You just didn't know it. It works, hoarding and generosity work exactly the same in different directions. And that's why generosity is so important. Freeze our hearts to God. I lost myself. I do that. Now, I know we desire to be generous. Everybody does. Here's the thing about desire by itself. Desire by itself is not very strong. There's a lot of things I desire. I desire to be lean, you know, and fit. I've desired that for 20 years. And I really wanted it. But the desire by itself didn't get me there. There's a practice that goes along with the desire to help me, enable me to become fit. Son of a gun. 
but I desire to be generous because I, because I desire intimacy with God. And I'm tired of my stuff getting in the way of everything that actually matters. Whether it's myself, my kids, my spouse, you guys, Jesus, the things I hoard get in the way because I treasure them inappropriately. Our hearts are the place where desires are formed, but our bodies are needed to fulfill it, to act it out. That's why God gave you a body. You needed a place to work out the desires of your heart. That's what these practices are for. So be generous. But don't be generous to get kudos. Be generous to protect your heart for God. Because money and things, over time, they don't just rob you from God. They, they let the devil in. That's what it does. Let's the enemy get a hold of you. Just prior to Jesus' life, the generation exactly before him, um, the Jewish people lost their independence to the Roman Empire. The Roman general Pompey led a conquest, and he told his military that when you, when you take over Jerusalem, do not enter the Holy of Holies. I will be the first to go in. This was the Roman general emperor who was t wiping out in conquest the people in their land. Now, when he finally entered to the Holy of Holies, he was disappointed because he found no physical treasures. The room was empty. The enemy can't take what you've given away, what's no longer there. And the beautiful thing about the Holy of Holies is it's protected to be exclusively the place for you and God. Amen. That's, right. That's what generosity helps us get to. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, help us in this work Thank you for giving us a way and a means to enter into the Holy of Holies with you. It's not the only way, but it's a, it's, a, it's a crucial way, Lord, and we acknowledge that in worship because you keep bringing it up. And Lord, we recognize that this goes way beyond what we're thinking about right now, that this gets into every part of our world that we touch. And so, Lord, help us to begin to have eyes to see you, the pure and purity in heart to see you so that when we come to our things, our things become yours. Because we want to be yours. Help us to be generous in that way. Amen. So we're going to worship. We're going to worship. And during worship, guys, we're, we're going to, like we do every week, not just this week when I'm talking about it, there's room to give. And, and I, I want that giving to not, not be out of obligation or guilt or something like that. I want it to come from just, I just desire to experience the personhood of Jesus Christ in my life. And, and I want to be more like him. And, 
and I want to, and I want to love the family. Like th those are really pure things. What'd be that? It's not about amounts. It's not even about just money. It'd just be your time, your your devotion, your affection. You can you can give by just singing really loud. The person next to you won't mind at all. I promise. Just don't let anything hold you back from it. Okay. And then might we begin to taste and see the fullness of the kingdom of God, just as we prayed earlier this morning. If you feel called, feel free to stand with us. We're going to sing worship.